This is London. Uh, this island fortress has a new commander-in-chief. He is Lieutenant General Sir Alan Brooke, 57 years old, who has until now commanded the Southern Command. General Brooke replaces General Ironside, who has been promoted to the rank of Field Marshal. The announcement does not make clear the nature of General Ironside's duties, but it is said that he will remain on the active list and will be available either in an advisory capacity or in command. Lord Gort, who commanded the BEF in France, has been appointed Inspector General to the Forces for training. The explanation for the promotion of General Ironside out of his command is that it was considered essential to place the command of the Home Forces in the hands of a man who had had immediate experience of command in France and Belgium. The new Commander-in-Chief comes from Northern Ireland, commanded the Second Corps of the BEF in France, and made his military reputation through his all-round knowledge of gunnery and mechanization. He is credited with the invention during the last war of the so-called barrage map, which came into common use for the direction of artillery barrage fire. Reports from Bucharest speak of a coming clash between Germany and Russia and the concentration of large numbers of German and Russian troops along the length of the common Polish frontier. Despite these reports and rumors from the Balkans and the reports that Stalin's fleet is to hold extensive maneuvers in the Baltic and the Black Sea, the best opinion in London is that none of these moves indicate any real change in Russian-German relations. Russian sources, both here and in Moscow, complain that Britain did not consult the Soviet Union before deciding to close the Burma Road. The fact is that in his very careful statement, did not say that either the United States or Russia had been consulted. What he did say was that agreement had been reached after full consideration of the attitude of the United States and Russia. Herr Hitler's lengthy oration yesterday provides the subject matter for most of today's editorials. Some surprise is expressed that he is allowing himself the luxury of a conscience, that he still suffers from an itch to justify his ways, that he desires not only to be clever but righteous, not only strong but good. He gave Britain a choice between perishing by the sword or perishing by the peace terms. Now, the Daily Telegraph sums up the speech by saying, we are in effect to stand and deliver, our blood be on our own heads. He has nothing to offer ourselves or anyone else but a Gestapo millennium. It is recognized here that the speech was made for home consumption and in an effort to impress the peoples of the continent. There is no evidence that it impressed anyone in Britain. There have been a few small strikes in Britain during recent weeks, but as from today, both strikes and lockouts are banned under a new order issued by the Minister of Labor. Disputes must be reported to the minister, who will refer the matter to arbitration. The findings of the arbitration tribunal will be binding on all parties. One result of this new decree is likely to be that the banks and insurance companies, the only great commercial organizations to stand out against trade unionism, will be forced to recognize organized labor. Trade union membership now totals about 5 million, and this new decree is expected to increase the membership to 7.5 million within a year. This morning's official communique reports German bombs on Scotland and southeast and southwest England last night. Two German aircraft were shot down. Not much damage was done and casualties were few. Two houses were destroyed in southeast England and a school building in northeast Scotland was badly damaged by three bombs. These reports of night bombings are terse and uninformative. They begin to read like old weather forecasts. 
Lists issued by the War Office show that from May 24th until last Wednesday, the number of German Air Force prisoners in British hands has increased by 480. This list shows that the German air crews are not the mere babies that you have been reading about. One is a boy of 17, and five are only 18. But the average age is around 23, which seems to indicate that the age range of German air crews is not very different from that of the British. There are many refugees in Britain these days, but one of the last to arrive is that colorful, picturesque, and almost medieval character who once had his own private army in Austria when he was a good friend of Signor Mussolini. Prince Ernst Rudinger von Starnberg is now in England. I return you now to CBS in New York.